Harvey, you promised me a review on the front page of the Sunday Times book section. I know, Alice, but he won't bend on it. He says there's no interest in the subject. No line. interest Pardon in the subject. What's the book about? Uh, whether Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson were secretly married. Come on, you fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics he can't fuck uh, shit? Uh, I'll fucking take all you are! Welcome to this week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Oh, it's a funny book. I'm going to talk about the next episode of the Funny Books and each week, a motley band of comic readers slash amateur bard contenders attempt to pair cocktails with comic books. 毎週漫画の読者の雑多なバンドはスラッシュアマチュア入札しようと漫画とピアカクテルバーです。All while trying to not sound like complete morons in the process. すべての中にしようとして音ではないような完了プロセスで定能です。Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. You know something? No, what? You read too many comic books. <laughs> We now join Brian, Q, Adam, and Todd. We now join Brian, Q, Adam, and Todd. We now join Brian, Q, Adam, and Todd. I'm too sober for this shit. Oh, and we are back with the cure. <laughs> oh my god. The cure will hit my accent. I just don't understand why. Why do you punish us? Because he wants to grab him in the pussy, yeah? Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> uh, welcome to episode 28, kids. 28. Jesus Christ. I know. I should probably just stop saying the numbers, though, but actually, I'm kind of proud of how far we've come with this little thing. Uh, we are doing Doctor Strange The Oath,、uh, which is a book originally published in 2006 and 2007,、uh, written by one of my personal favorites, Brian K. Vaughn,、uh, with art by Marcus Martin.、Um, and、uh, yeah, it's a good little、uh, introductory book to、uh, the Doctor Strange mythos without actually being like a full origin story.、Uh, believe it or not, every time you've heard someone complain about a Superhero movie, we're like, why do they have to tell us how Batman's parents died every single time? This is a book that basically does exactly what you're asking for. It gives you everything you need to know about Doctor Strange without telling you his entire. Well, they kind of tell you his entire origin story. They pretty much do. They pretty much do, but you don't have to like, relive it, like watching Uncle Ben get shot and you know, the Waynes get shot. And- I think they just do it because it takes up a couple pages of story time. So、yeah. it gives the writer a break for like a tenth of the book. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, it does do a little well, well. We'll get into reviews and discussions later. However,、uh, we have with us our full accoutrement. We have with us,、uh, we'll start out with this time with Todd, because I never start out with Todd. So we have Todd with us. Hi, I'm Todd. You can find me on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. And that's the only place you'll find me. Yeah. Yep.、Uh, fantastic. Yes.、Um, also on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast, we have Q. Hi, I'm Quinn. You can say your full name. You've sort of done it before. I, 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 just, know, I know I have. I, I,、uh, whatever. Hi, I'm Quentin. For those people who don't know. The only people who, who I know that listen to this are my friends. So,、um, no, we, we, have a, we have a friend,、um, uh, Sheena, who's a good friend of.、Uh, Todd and I, as we went to college with, she's also a very good friend of、uh, Todd's wife, Amy. She's、mm-hmm. listened to the show, and I think she listens fairly loyally, and I appreciate her. Thank you, Sheena. Hi, how are you? Thanks,、uh, but hi. She, 
she's heard the show and she's like, I want to meet Q. I need to meet Q. So, wow. and unfortunately, she went to school at Utah State the same time you did. She totally would have had the opportunity, but you know, sadly did not. Now that you say her name, I want to say that I remember you guys talking about her, but for whatever reason, we just all never. Yeah, it was, That's weird. I don't know. It was one of those things where it's like, I think at that point in time, I had the people in my apartment, which was like, you know, Todd and Amy and them. And then I had the theater people hung out with, and those two groups didn't intermingle that often. No. You know? I, yeah, I was so. going to say, I think Todd and I only hung out like two or three times. Yeah, probably. We still have clear memories of your... Uh, sunglasses cue that had sexy and oh, rhinestones. First of all, my J-Lo glasses were the fucking shit. I love those. If I, if I still had them, I would be wearing them right now. What happened to them? Oh, I'm sure that they like broke or got lost sometime before college ended. That's that's a fucking crime, is what that I is. I know, I know, but it's it's not as big as a crime as my DVB, the David and Victoria Beckham sunglasses that I lost a few years ago. Oh, <laughs> those were um, just amazing. Anyway, so yes. I'm here. Hi, I'm I'm going crazy. Um, Gypsy is going to be opening up very soon. I have a few finishing touches to put on the three strippers, and then. Um, Do they mean take the- off of the three strippers? Well, no, so they don't actually take off their clothes because it's burlesque, not actual stripping. Okay. Um, God, have you not seen that show? I haven't, I don't think, actually. <laughs> oh. Um, anyway, um, they're a one-and-done number. It's like these three um, old broads who just come out, sing a song, and then leave. It's pretty awesome. Okay. They're, it's like perfect part for me. It's like the most memorable thing, but you only have to do one number. I uh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I'm almost done with that. Uh, we are in the middle of White Christmas, and it has just been a struggle from the start, but we are moving, and uh, so Gypsy, for those of you in the D.C. area, Gypsy opens October 21st uh, for Reston Community Players, and White Christmas opens November, whatever the Friday is after Thanksgiving. I don't know that date yet. Um, okay. <laughs> but anyway, Friday after Thanksgiving, um, Come, come see us out in the D.C. area. Fantastic. And I have a theater review for you later when Ooh. we get to reviews, because I actually went and saw something this week. So, also, and, uh, This is for Q, so I, I got a chance since the last time we recorded to go back and kind of catch up on some of our past episodes. Mm-hmm. And I got to our part in the pro where we both discussed our uh, random encounters with hookers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've showed like 15 people from work the clip of you going, ah, oh, fuck! <laughs> Every single person has laughed their asses off, so we, we may have 15 new listeners. I don't know, but like, I had forgotten about that part, and I, I uproariously nearly peed my pants. So, I mean, it's a really funny story. It is definitely it really one, is. one of like my go-to's when it's time to to tell a funny story. Actually, I, uh, when my sister got married, I have uh, my uncle Kevin, who was the other theatrical member of the family. He's now an attorney, but he was a wannabe actor when he was in high school, maybe a little bit in college. But so the night before my sister got married, we had all the family sitting around, and it basically was you and my Uncle Kevin trying to outdo each other with funny stories. It was like, like, people were nearly dying because they had to pee, but they didn't want to leave because they didn't want to miss a story. Like, it was just back and forth. Like, it was like this tennis match of like, okay, oh, you think that's funny, bitch? Okay, here you go. And like, it was it was amazing. Q relayed us with lots of stories about his redneck Uncle Toter, which was pretty amazing. Uncle Toter. God bless him. It was uh, it was pretty entertaining, actually. That was fun. so. If you ever have the, uh, that opportunity to have Q and my uncle try to out funny each other, I recommend doing it. It's pretty entertaining. I mean, I'm, uh, an, I'm an expert 
Right, anecdote teller. I'm sorry. Yes. I just, I just am. That's, that's how he rolls. He is uh, he is our uh, our gay Mark Twain on this show is what he is. So it's... <laughs> Wait, uh, what does that make me? That would make you um, our... I'm trying to think. I'm I'll, trying be, to think I'll of... be Dorothy's Bornack. How's that sound? I don't even know who that is. Shut your face! <laughs> I don't even know who Dorothy Bornack is. From um, Golden Maybe Girls. I'm a few bars. What? From Golden Girls. Oh, you know, be Arthur. Be Arthur. I'm sorry. Oh, and speaking that. of uh, Golden Girls, I am quite excited, even though I will probably never see it, that the uh, that they did uh, up in Canada a Golden Girls puppet uh, Broadway <laughs> show. I know, amazing, right? Kind of like Avenue <laughs> Q, and it just, it's just opening or just did open off Broadway. So um, I would kill to go see that, but unfortunately, I'm poor. So. Um, I, I am going. I actually have tickets booked to uh, New York next October, kids. So. You bitch. Well, sorry. Um, that's how it goes. Uh, but so, yes, our very own... Okay, now we have to figure this out. If you're Dorothy, who are the rest of us? Okay, well, first off, we have our very own Dorothy Zabornak. 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 Adam. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Adam. Um, catch my movie reviews uh, and other stuff over at Big Shiny Robot. Also, the Board as Hell podcast with Andy, who we do need to get back on here because yes, he's... He's been missed, and he's been traveling a lot with work. Well, uh, and he was supposed to be in town the other day, and somehow I missed him. I know he got texts from him saying, hey, I'll be in town for like an hour. And I was going to try to meet up with him, and then I realized, I'm like, I think that day came and passed. So I, I think it might have been yesterday, because he's, he's flying home right now. So okay, hopefully yeah. he uh, kind of safe travels, and his air conditioning isn't too broken at home. That's the, oh. the text I just got. So, um, oh. But yeah, we're over here, Utah, gearing up for the holiday season, and that means award season. And going to see way too many movies with acting. Nice. So, no, we, we just saw a Girl on a Train, and that movie was full of acting and domestic abuse. So, I uh, I tried I, for a couple of years. I've tried. I, I started doing it the first year. I was like single around the time um, that I tried to watch every movie nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. And nope. then um, my sister, my wife does these high-end car auctions, and so last year she was out doing one of those in January, and so I once again watched every movie nominated for Academy Award for Best Picture. So uh, if she does that gig again this year, and it's about the same time, I might be watching all of those movies full of acting. Yeah, well, but, what's more fun is that is I, I get to nominate and vote on the Razzies, which nice. is the, the anti-Academy Awards. Yeah. Uh, so actually last year was fun. The uh, two movie, The two movies I picked actually tied for Worst Picture. So. Who did you pick last year? Uh, it was uh, Fantastic Four and okay. uh, Fifty Shades of Who Gives a Fuck. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Uh, okay, so now if you're the Dorothy, who are all the... I'm, I'm guessing is Q Rose? Or, no, Q's Blanche. No, Q's obviously Blanche. Obviously Blanche. Q's Blanche. <laughs> that might make me Rose then. What is... Oh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure Todd is. I'm pretty sure Todd is Rose. And, Brian, you can be Sophia. You can be Sophia. Okay, so I'm a still Getty. Yes. Yeah. So, I which, can deal with that. Who actually was younger than everyone else in the cast. I know. Yes. Yes. But see, that Todd, is, you get to be Betty White, so that's pretty bitching. That is awesome. And see, yeah. it's, it's really funny because we do this in my normal life because I'm a faggot. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and... and they always say Eddie is Rose, and he gets so pissed off. I'm like, well, first of all, you should be, you know, happy for that because one, Rose w- was my favorite character growing up, mm-hmm. and two, I love her and I love you. So, so you love Todd? Is that what you're saying? 
No, I love Eddie. <laughs> Are you I, sure? I'm very, I'm very affectionate towards Todd, though. Okay. The thing is that the people who usually get pegged as like the quote stupid one are usually really offended, and I'm just like, but you're really dumb. <laughs> so, and, and that's why I thought that I would Thank be. You, uh, I thought that I would be roast just because I'm like I'm the naive one most of the time, but I guess that's not the case. Anyway, so here at the oh. Nick and Night podcast. <laughs> yeah, we that's do right. talk about Nick and Night a fair amount, and I'm okay with it because that's that's totally my jam. But. Uh, Yes. Oh, and also, uh, so I'm Brian. I'm the uh, cat wrangler on this thing. But also, I'd like to mention that we have a very special treat for all of our listeners. Um, we have a guest bartender, like an actual real-life bartender who knows what the fuck they're talking about. And in fact, it's, I will say, probably my favorite bartender I've ever had drinks from. Um, and I think probably, I'm, I, in my opinion, he is the best bartender in Southern California, a guy named Rich from a, a bar called The Cellar in Fullerton. Um, which uh, so he made us a special drink just for this episode. So when we get into the uh, cocktails, uh, we'll let you know all about oh, that. And we'll let you know where that's, to find where my hate, that's where my hateful aunt lives. Oh, in Fullerton. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it is one of my favorite bars, and I kind of didn't want to mention it because it's it's like my jam, man. Like that's like my secret happy place. Uh, so because I love you, dear listeners, I will let you know where you know the best cocktails in Southern California, in my opinion, are. Uh, without going down, and San Diego's there's a good spot in San Diego as well, but. That being said, uh, we are reading Doctor Strange, as we talked about earlier, um, and uh, it's, as we kind of discussed, it is a, uh, a pretty good uh, introduction to the Doctor Strange world, and we have the movie coming up shortly. We would have done it next week, closer to the release of the movie. However, next week we are doing Batman's Long Halloween on actual Halloween, so uh, that's part of the ways and why that ties in. That's uh, Synergy Kids. I work for a big corporation. They love that kind of shit. Uh, so, that being said, we have a drinking game for you, and then we'll give you a little summary, and then we'll give... Actually, no, we'll give you the summary, then we'll give you the drinking game, and then we'll give you a little break. And if you haven't read it yet, you'll have the chance to do so. Dang! So, the very, very brief way of describing this is, uh, Doctor Strange has... Uh, for, for those of you who don't know who Doctor Strange is, Doctor Strange is basically the mystic uh, savior of the planet. He is the He's one who the handles... the Sorcerer all- Supreme. Supreme. He is. I was trying to describe it in ways people who didn't know what it was. Basically, he handles all magical issues so he's like the thor but deals with magic kind of thing uh and he has a manservant named is it Wong? am i saying that right is it i don't remember yeah okay so it's Wong. so he has a manservant named Wong who unfortunately has a brain tumor so uh Doctor Strange, who also is a former uh, medical doctor, he ends up going to another realm uh, to get a treatment for uh, Wong. Well, not only will this treat his cancer, it will cure all cancer. And so, of course, a evil corporation... Not all cancer, all diseases. All diseases, you're right, yes. Spoilers. But evil pharmaceutical company steals it, and uh, it's up to Doctor Strange with the aid of Wong, as well as the night nurse, we'll talk about how she gets involved here in a little bit, uh, to go and try to find this magic elixir uh, to save Wong's life. Uh, so, that being said, if you're going to read this book, you're going to need a drinking game. And now for sports. Banning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. Listen up, sports fans. The thrill of victory. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. And the agony of defeat. Remember, it's only a game and a dumb one at that. The human drama of athletic competition. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Rule one, the elementary rule. Every time a reference is made to Sherlock Holmes and or Watson, take a drink. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. 
Rule two, the bromance rule. Take a drink every time Doctor Strange and one have to tell someone they aren't lovers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Rule three, the manos rule. Any reference to Doctor Strange's hands and or his inability to do surgery anymore, take a drink. The 20, they're chasing him, they're not gonna get him, waving his arms, bare chested, somebody stop that yeah, thing. And our final rule, the elixir rule. The elixir appears or is referred to, take a drink. I hope it was worth it, my friend, because you've got a knife in the tank coming up. So there is a lovely drinking game for you. So uh, to, And not that you need alcohol to enjoy this this book, because I was re-listening to uh, our episode on 30 Days of Night. Once again, I am sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, that one really yeah, could have used really a drink. I'm really glad I dodged that bullet. Oh, my God. <laughs> how, how are you, by the way? Was I, was I a, a decent fill-in cue? Yes, yes. Okay. Lo- lo- lots of nobody cares. <laughs> lots of nobody cares. There might, there definitely, I'm hoping, won't be as much nobody cares on this episode. So, But that brings us to the point where if you haven't read the book and you want to read it, through the magic of modern technology, you can pause us, we'll wait, and then when you come back, we'll start going spoilerific all over this bitch. Uh, if you have read it, congratulations. Uh, you can hear all of our reviews, our thoughts, uh, things we probably shouldn't say and have recorded, all coming up after this little break, um, and we will see you on the flip side. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Ta-da! Shot team, I get to take a shot now. I've been waiting, actually, to take a shot. I actually, I have some Blantons out with me right now, so this is going to be a lovely day. So, I spent all my money and got a bottle of Blue Label Johnny Walker. Ooh. Raspberries. <laughs> I'm telling you, I love that Smirnoff Raspberry. It just, it just makes me feel like I'm Carol Channing on an airplane. That's awesome. If if you don't get that reference, you're not gay enough. <laughs> I got it. No, <laughs> no I, I was talking to our listeners. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, apparently, I'm not gay enough because I don't know that reference. No, neither Thir- do I. Thoroughly in thoroughly modern Millie, in like the last few minutes of the film, there is Carol Channing's character, and she's in an airplane, and she's pouring champagne into a glass, and she just looks at the camera and goes, "Raspberries." <laughs> it's completely non sequitur. Like I thought, maybe it was like a throwback to like an earlier scene or like some kind of other in joke reference in the movie. But I watched the movie. Nope. It's just nope. Carol Channing being crazy. <laughs> <laughs> just raspberries. It's, it's amazing. Is there anything better than Carol Channing just being crazy? That's, uh, that's I, what mean, I, ask you. I mean, I'm just a jazz baby. <laughs> <laughs> She's amazing. Ah, and we're back. Well, hopefully, with that raspberry reference still edited in. So, yeah. note to future Brian. Leave that all in. Oh, it's a terrible night to be lonely. <laughs> it's a terrible night. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Okay. Okay, so I'm back, hopefully, and I'm surviving. So, anybody have any thoughts before we get into the spoilerific territory of all of this and uh, I start ruining it? So, my question for Q is... If you were to do a production of Doctor Strange, how would you make his collar stay? Well, there are uh, lots of different things you can put in there. You can put wire in there. You could uh-huh. put some, some buckram in there. You could also just use magic. 
is magic. <laughs> you um, could probably do Kydex and then line it with but fabric. Yeah, but yeah, do, do, do all kind, there's all kinds of different things you could do. You could there. probably use some of the hair gel from something about Mary. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so are, are, you talk, are you talking about like staying like, t- like up or are you talking about like staying because there's not like a clasp on it? Well, staying up, it looks like they're like spider fangs getting ready to bite at all times yeah, and just I, floating right there. Yeah, well, yeah, you'd, pr- you'd just probably put some um, some kind of buckram or some kind of stiff fabric in between the, the regular fabrics and probably um, uh, starch the fuck out of it just okay. so, so it wouldn't move. But as far as, like... Uh, like, because I, I also thought, because there isn't really a clasp on, on this cape either, it just kind of sits. I would put magnets on, on his, in, in the chest, in this chest, and then also on the part of the cape, so that way it would just come off and stay. That'd be nifty, because I will yeah. say that cow just kept was something else for me. Well, I, I, I mean, he, he has a he has a pretty unique look. He's another um, combo character where if you see just the silhouette, you kind of already know who it is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's there's not many there's not many characters I I think anymore where you can like just see their shadow and be like, yep, I know who that is. I mean, like you know, like the class ones. But like, if Spider Man was in the shadows, it's like it's just some dude. Well, yeah, I mean, it could be theoretically on. from the angle. It could be Spider-Man. It could be Iron Fist. It could be a bunch of them. You know. It, and, and, yeah. I mean, because if, if he was just if he wasn't like swinging on a web and like doing crazy yeah. gymnastics moves, then you know. But yeah. Anyway, he's he, I, I I do enjoy his cowl as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and his cowl is fabulous. I will say that. Uh, oh my! Oh my God! Speaking of cowl is fabulous. Do you rem- do you remember Rich from the Bitch Barn? That name sounds really familiar. Is he the guy who owned the place? Yeah, well, no, he didn't own the place. He, he was just the one who always stayed there. He was the one who lived in the basement. So yeah, he was like one... a... He edited textbooks or something like that, right? Yes. So okay. um, he um, was a huge fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Okay, and, we all should be. Yes. So he, he's the one who introduced us to... Um, oh, shit. Why can't I remember the name now? The one with Rousedower. What's what's it, the final sacrifice? Um, which is in for me in college that was like the movie we watched all the fucking time, and it's that amazing. Is or it's uh, dressed to kill. So yes, we so, watched that a lot too. Yes. So um, anyway, one of the other movies that we watched was um, I can't even remember the name of it, but it was kind of like a Conan the Barbarian type movie. Uh-huh. And, uh, and there, no, no, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it was Crow. Um, it, it it was like le- worse than that. Beastmaster? No, it wasn't Beastmaster. Huh. And it, it was one that I'd never heard of before. So anyway, and there's this one scene where like the hero character takes his cape and just like flips it as he turns the camera and like billows. And <laughs> and one of the robots, I can't remember which one, one it was. He just my cape is. <laughs> and, so, and so like that for like a short while like that became like a catchphrase of mine of and, course and so when i moved out his girlfriend now wife angela made me this cape with a giant pink f on it i remember you went to my sister's bachelorette party yes and originally a lot of people thought that it stood for a different word that starts with f. you and, mean fuck <laughs> mm, mm, no. no, I know. Uh, um, There's like, so are you like Captain Fag? Like, I don't, I don't get it. What's, what's the, what's the costume? I'm like, no, this is my fabulous cape. It's fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so 
I have a cousin I refer to as the bubble of hate. Yes. And um, oh, we've heard stories. We've heard yes. stories. So part of where the bubble of hate comes from is so that my sister, the night before she got married, or a couple nights before she got married, Q realized that she was not having a bachelorette party and was like, "Oh, bitch, this cannot happen, right?" No, it, so, it, it, it was the night before. Yeah, it was, it was the night before. Yeah. So Q took it on himself to basically arrange a uh, a uh, a bachelor party. So my uptight Mormon cousin is sitting downstairs talking with me and my dad, and Q walks downstairs to get a drink in cheetah print high heels and a giant pink cape with a giant <laughs> F on the back of it, and my cousin's head nearly fucking exploded. <laughs> but where he got the name of uh, of the bubble of hate was the next day when Q and I went out for lunch afterwards with him and his wife uh, to, I think it was Hires, right? I don't even remember. Oh, I was sorry. We, we, we went to Hires. I, I smuggled a flask. I was I drunk at the time. I know. You and Q, <laughs> Wasn't you this and... the good vodka? Yeah, well, it was the Russian vodka that I had, yeah. to, I had to refill the bottle with water that no one yeah. would ever know. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, if you've ever been to uh, Hires, the bathroom, at least it used to be, downstairs. And so Q had to go to the restroom. And so when he left, uh, my cousin looks at me and goes, so you're straight, right? Which kind of gave me this look like, please, God, tell me you're straight. And I just like looked at him like, get to the fucking point. And he says, well, do you ever feel the need to defend your heterosexuality around Q? And I said, no. He's like, really? But people might think you're gay. And I'm like, as long as the hot chick doesn't think I'm gay, I don't give a shit. And so that's how he became known as the bubble of hate. Because he's that's a the, bubble of hate. He is a bubble of hate. He is very much a bubble of hate. And my wife definitely thinks of him as the bubble of hate, which is also pretty fun. So, anyway, no bu- bu- bubbles of hate here. We could actually proceed on with this story. <laughs> we interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It is now time for another transmission of comic book history with Professor Maya. Doctor Strange the Oath, written by Brian K. Vaughn, who is a fantastic writer. I don't think he's written a book that anyone hasn't liked. I actually, there's a, I have, I have a coworker that I work with, and I was get, been getting her into comics, and I gave her Saga to start with, and then I gave her Ex Machina, and I'm like, I'm just gonna give you all the Brian K. Vaughn stuff to start with. Speaking of Saga, not to get too far off, eh, it's still on topic, it's Brian K. Vaughn. They, uh, they just came out with, well, they're not out yet. They are available to order, so if you, if you like Saga, go to your local comic shop and order, uh, they have a two-pack of figures of um, the two main characters, Marco and uh, Alana. You can get a two-pack of figures that are going to be coming out here in a couple of months, and I, I just ordered mine, so I'm super excited. Just in time for Christmas. Or, or Hanukkah, or whatever whatever holiday you celebrate. So, so it came out in December of 2006, which I believe at that time he was knee-deep in doing both Ex Machina and Why the Last Man. Uh, so he was his name was out there, and actually it's because of those other two books that I picked this series up. Like, I never really got into Doctor Strange. I had actually I was a, I was a Marvel growing up and then I moved out of state and the, my local comic shop turned me into a DC even though I still read a little Marvel, but uh, this was after I moved back to Salt Lake I was getting back into just all comics and uh, I saw this series on the shelf and I went, Brian K. Vaughn oh, he writes those other two books I like I'll check this out. This is the book that got me into Doctor Strange. If it weren't for Brian K. Vaughn I'd probably moderately like Doctor Strange or just, you know, kind of happy here. But because of because of Brian K. Vaughn, I love Doctor Strange. We're going to go off topic here again. Uh, Marcus Martin actually just did a book, and I highly recommend it, called The Private Eye with Brian K. Vaughn. They started their own online publishing company, essentially, and they released the book digitally uh, in a pay-whatever-you-feel-like-paying format. 
uh, for each issue. So if you want to pay two bucks for it, great. If you want to pay ten bucks for it and support them even more, that's fantastic. And then they released a hardcover through Image, and I've, I've finally picked it up through Image, and uh, it is a wonderful noir set in the future book. The uh, the company that Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin started, Panel Syndicate is what it's called. If you go to panelsyndicate.com, they got permission from Robert Kirk, Robert Kirkman. They are the only other people that he's letting do a Walking Dead comic that's canon in the Walking Dead universe. It is a, uh, it's called The Alien. I haven't read it yet. It was just a one shot. But yeah, Robert Kirkman's like, you you boys have fun. Uh, you can play in my universe for, for an issue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Marcos Martin is the artist on, on here. He you know did like i said private eye he's also done uh he did a bunch of spider-man when they did the uh, brand new day stuff he was one of the rotating artists they had on spider-man and uh, that's actually where i discovered him was on spider-man and he is uh he's done daredevil he's done he's done all the all the cool stuff batgirl yeah no he's a he's a great artist you can read the oath on its own i'm sure it's counted in continuity but it's never referenced or anything like that and anything else it, it it's its own beast it's uh you don't need to know anything about dr strange to even pick it up i mean look at me i i barely knew anything about dr strange and i picked it up and it it turned me into a dr strange fan like i love him now uh okay so so if you want to go from this book and start reading more dr strange stuff what would you recommend like the next be on this path i'm gonna recommend two things first isn't just Doctor Strange. I'm just recommending it because it, it's hilarious and uh, extremely funny. Back in the day, Doctor Strange was part of a, a part of the original Defenders, who you might you might have heard that phrase tossed around because that's what the Netflix series is going to be. But the uh, original Defenders were not Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and Iron Fist. The original Defenders were Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, Hulk. Uh, oh, and Namor. Those are pretty much the original group of Defenders. Now, about mid 2000s, about the same time this book came out. Keith Giffen and J.M. Dematius, Dematius, I don't know how to say his last name. They're the ones that did the the Bwahaha Justice League in the 90s with like Booster Gold and and Blue Beetle and Marsh Manor and all them, Guy Gardner. They did this mini-series of The Defenders and it's a comedy book. It is hilarious. And like Dormammu's the bad guy and it's, it is just a very much, if you want a light, light-hearted, really funny uh, superhero comic book, uh, I would recommend The Defenders. Uh, I don't know the exact year off my title or off the top of my head. It was just a mini series somewhere in the mid 2000s, but it is it is fantastic. Uh, and then the other one, Jason Aaron is doing the current ongoing Doctor Strange series. It is it's him, and it's Chris Bacello, and this is the book that Chris Bacello was born to draw because Chris Bacello has a really kind of an odd art style for lack of a better term like he's good at drawing like really weird weird things that aren't your normal like just humans he's i mean he's done that a lot just this weird art style for drawing all this weird kind of crazy mystical stuff uh like like brain brain parasites that are on you like that you can't even see because they're basically psychic parasites but dr strange can see them because he sees on like the astral level and he's like picking brain parasites off of people and but the first the second story arc, the first story arc leads to it but the second story arc is basically the death of magic basically kill off magic in the uh, in the marvel universe then that's that's not really a spoiler because the name of the story is the last days of magic but where we're at now is doctor strange trying to rebuild after that because they killed off a lot of them mostly side characters but they killed off like a bunch of you know, Marvel, like, magic characters, most of them you've never heard of. But it is, it is a fantastic book. 
we're about 12 issues in. It's been going on about a year. Um, uh, I would venture to say that having a movie come out this year made them get the ball rolling, rolling about a year ago so people would get interested and uh, excited about it. But it is a, uh, it's a wonderful book. Uh, Jason Aaron, I could talk about him forever, but that's, uh, that's another conversation. <laughs> Since we're talking about Jason Aaron for a moment, I would recommend Southern Bastards. In my top three favorite books every month, or whenever it comes out, it doesn't necessarily come out monthly, uh, just because I know both, both Jasons that work on the book, uh, Aaron and Latour, uh, have busy schedules with Marvel and elsewhere, but no, it is a, uh, it's a, it's a great book. Just as far as, as far as the Oath goes and kind of getting started in Doctor Strange, I would, like I said, start with the Oath uh, and go with the Jason Aaron series. And if you want a little lighthearted kind of a side read, go with the Defenders. But uh, those are definitely good places to start. Um, Marvel has recently, if, if, you, if you have a little bit of extra coinage to spend, um, Marvel recently put out Volume 1 of a Doctor Strange omnibus that I believe is, I mean, it's all... Uh, like his original Strange Tales appearances and then like the first few issues of his ongoing series and I think it's like 75 bucks. Uh, they have a new they have a new format for their omnibuses where they're not these big giant tomes. It's a little um, it's not as tall of a book and not as thick like they have I, I like their if, uh, if they keep doing their omnibuses in this format I would totally start getting them again uh, just because I got a few omnibuses from them before and they were literally like giant tomes that you couldn't read easily just because there's like they're like phone books i like to read in bed and it's like hard to like hold it above your head and you start to fall asleep and you drop it and drop this giant book on your face um which i've never done ever in my life <laughs> now we know and knowing is half the battle warning you're entering spoiler territory don't say i didn't warn you so, so Doctor Strange, I thought, I mean, since we really, I mean, we kind of covered the the story in, in our introduction. <laughs> we kind of did, yeah. Like, that's, like that, that's, basic, that's basically it. Really. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not a very in-depth story, but like, like you mentioned, uh, this is a great jumping off point into this character, especially with the movie coming out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never, yeah. I've never actually sat down before this and read a Doctor Strange title. I mean, yeah, he's popped up, like, in... Um, in big crossovers know, and stuff. In yeah. big crossovers and... Oh, what was the big one that just happened that no one gave a shit about? Um, I mean, he makes an appearance in uh, Civil War, too. Not, one Civil, as well. not Civil War, too. It's, uh, it was one Hickman wrote. It was where all the worlds were collapsing. Oh, oh it's the it, Avengers it, it, it was the Secret Wars again. Yeah, Secret Wars, and... It, so, yeah, he was there, and he played a big part in that, and it was cool seeing his... that character, but... I mean, this is fun because if, you, if you've seen, again, I think a lot of people, you know, their only exposure to Doctor Strange is from the trailers that have come out, and this movie will be their first chance to kind of get the character, but if you want to get some backstory and have some idea of what's going on before that happens, I mean, this is a great way to go. It's It, it does tell us backstory, but it doesn't do it like... It's not, it, well, it's not in, as heavy-handed with, like, back, back yeah. in 1964, I was a great surgeon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you you get the whole you know meet, meet you know meeting Wong and you know how he got in the car accident and but he was a uh, giant douchebag. <laughs> exactly, yeah, douche canoe, and you yeah. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's 
it's really playful. I love the fact that at the beginning he's trying to find his coat, his cape, because it's hiding from him. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, there's, a, there's a lot of humor in this, actually. Like, I mean, there's the whole on-running joke of whether or not him and uh, Wong are lovers, you know what I mean? Like, that's... <clears throat> That's fun in there as well. There's a there's a nice little and I, I don't and I know this came out well before uh, they cast uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in the role, but I love the fact that they keep making Sherlock Holmes references because for me and my wife, Benedict Cumberbatch will always be Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. um, which is how, where I became very familiar with him and, and actually like totally love his work. And I'm very excited to see him play this role because I think he's going to knock it out of the park personally. Um, anyway, so yeah, so I thought that was kind of fun as well. Sorry, Q, I no, interrupted oh no, you. Um, I was just going to say, it was also a quick read. So I read this and the yeah. book previous to this, the Archie um, one, in the hour and a half flight from D.C. to Florida um, two weeks yeah. ago. So, like, it's it's quick. It's fun. Like, there, it, as we said, there's not a whole lot that you, like, really need to know. You also get, like, a brief glimpse um in the mind of the like bad guy that they made up for the story, who's actually kind of a throwaway character, um, but like uh-huh. in his mind, he creates illusions of all of um, Doctor Strange's villains. So you kind of get like a little glimpse into who some of the people are, and when he's trying to figure out who the like big bad is, um, he talks about Baron Mordu, um, who is his like you know biggest uh, rival. Hey, Dormammu, yeah, and uh, and Dormammu, and. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just it's just kind of fun. The I will say that a, a, a critique is that it felt a little too lighthearted. Like anytime, as I said, my only um, exposure to Doctor Strange has been when he's been in crossovers. Like, uh, well, not even crossovers, but like big monumental storylines, like in, um, Infinity Gauntlet and uh, Avengers Disassembled and stuff and. Um, what was the one that House of M? So where, where he's like sort of this. Um, objective voice of reason type of character, and I think he came off just a little too um, like Bendis, even though I know it's written by Brian K. Vaughn, but like a little too Bendis where it's like, <laughs> yuck, 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 I still make the jokes because I'm a superhero and, um, yeah. and, and and it was fine, I mean it was still like, you know, just a light book, it was, you know, whatever, but it was, in my, in my head, and once again I know characters change as they um, are written by different people, as they move to different teams we talked about that in Hawkeye where Hawkeye was like a leader of a team for a while and so he became very Captain America-like and then all of a sudden Captain America came back so then he went back to like being like the jerky you know guy mm-hmm. or whatever it's so, like i get that but so to me it was it was a little off-putting just because it's not what i had originally had in my head of what dr strange was um but it was uh-huh. so fun um so i'm gonna talk about my cocktail real quick so i mm-hmm. i picked the night nurse because i think she's a cool fun character and for those of you who um enjoy the marvel netflix series um she and it's Rosario Dawson, yes. who i think is Although, badass oh, oh, Rosario really. Dawson's amazing i love so, her so um yeah so the Night Nurse is an old school Marvel character, and actually they combine two characters into the TV version. They combine Night Nurse and a um, another character from the Daredevil universe into Night Nurse. But you know what? Neither here nor there. But anyway, there's a drink <laughs> called. Um, hold on one second. I gotta pull up the recipe really quick. And of course, like my iPad is being. St- 
stupid. Uh, I have it oh. in front of me since you yes. sent it to me already. Yeah. So 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 it's also also known as the night um the night shift or the all nighter or the all nighter. Yeah, that's what um, it's called. Uh, do you have it now, too? Yes, you want me to I have, take I have, it for uh, Okay. Wait, oh, there it is. Okay, so it's uh, a half ounce of raspberry vodka, because it's raspberries. Um, <laughs> a half ounce of sour apple pucker, one and a half ounces of Red Bull, and three, fourth, three fourths ounces of pomegranate juice. Just shake that shit up, pour it into a glass. Um, it also sounds like it's going to keep you awake, but also get you real fucked up. So, um... Mm-hmm. I, I'm into it, but she, she, she was a fun little side character. At times she did feel a little bit like, um, like a, oh, we've got to have a girl in here because we need to have a girl, um, mm-hmm. which was uh, k- kind of stupid, but I did like the fact that she totally did a stereotype, pulled a bobby pin out of her hair, lockpicked some shit. Um, she did um, th- th- throw back some, she did do a few clapbacks to Doctor Strange with some uh, mm-hmm. some repartee, which was fun. And then, of course, I had made out in the end, which was dumb, but, you know, whatever. Um, gotta have a love interest. Uh, especially when he's ambiguously gay. And, uh, um, yeah, but I do love it. It was fun. It was, it was good times. Uh, Adam, do you have a cocktail for us? I do. And actually, mine's fun because it's actually kind of a magic trick. Ooh. Ooh. So, this is called the Sorcerer's Spell. Oh, magical. And, yeah. And what you're going to do is, uh, and it sounds kind of weird, and online we'll explain how to do this because I don't want to <laughs> go into details. But you need a half ounce of red cabbage juice. Oh. Okay. It, no, it doesn't, t- it doesn't taste like it, though. Just, you get, you get the. I'll explain later. Um, you take a half ounce of red cabbage juice and you add a tiny pinch of baking soda to it. And the red cabbage juice actually acts like litmus paper and turns blue. So you mix that up with an ounce of absolute uh, vodka, an ounce of lemon, of uh, triple sec, shake it over ice, pour it in a martini glass, and then right before you serve it, you put it in front of the person and you just dump it. And you have to kind of dump so it mixes itself a uh, one ounce of lemon juice, and that will actually react with the cabbage juice and turn the uh, cocktail from blue to pink. Okay. So hmm. it's kind of like if you um, it's it, it's it's really weird. It sounds kind of weird, but I. I, I'm a huge science guy, and also I did a lot of uh, magic growing up. I got really into Penn and Teller as a kid, mm-hmm. and that got me into that. So this this for me is kind of cool because first of all, it's a tasty drink. It's just you know kind of an orangish, orangish uh, flavored uh, martini. But then you get the kind of the ooh and the ah, like the presentation and like the you can talk it up and do what you want. If you if you're a talented bartender and want to do like a magic trick with it and add some banter, you can do that. But it's it's tasty and it's fun. So, nice. can you just find red cabbage juice just for sale, or is that like something you have to no, make? No. Okay, so what you do is you get a red cabbage, you cut it up into strips, you put it in a bowl, cover it with water, and you put it in the microwave until uh, it boils, so a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. You take it out, pull, uh, let it cool, and then you just grab like again, it's a half ounce. It's not very much. It doesn't taste like anything, but the cabbage, uh, the cabbage actually asks again, like a litmus paper, like when we were in high school mm-hmm. in, in, in mm-hmm. chemistry class. So when you add the baking soda to it, which is a base, it turns it blue. Uh-huh. And at the very, very end, when you drop in the lemon juice, uh, because it's acid, it turns it pinkish red. Okay. So just neat. Okay, dokie. So it just hits me. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it just, it's fun, and again, it goes to my roots as of being a magician. And and what's really, really fun if if you're sober at a party and everyone's drunk and you know some magic tricks. Just break out a deck of cards, and everyone will think you're a god. It's so yeah. much fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, speaking of someone who's a god at parties, Todd, do you have a, a cocktail for us? We shall never speak of that again, Brian. 
<laughs> okay. Yes, I do have a drink. Um, it is called Nerve Damage. Because I thought that was fitting, because Doctor Strange can't, has nerve damage. Yeah, you got mm -hmm. that. Um, yep. It's uh, a third of a can of Red Bull with a half ounce of coconut rum and then a full ounce of that blue Curaco. Curacao? How do you say that? I don't know how to say that. Curacao. Curacao. There we go. So, yeah, so you fill it with the Red Bull, add the rum and the Curacao, stir and enjoy it. And nerve damage. So. Yeah, drinking this every time you wonder how his cow stays up. <laughs> that's my own personal game here, and it gets me that's in true, trouble. That's your own personal game. Yeah, it's like, that cow is still standing up. Wow, I'm going to have another drink. So, yeah. Okay, so for my cocktail this week, um, it is a very classic cocktail. It's actually uh, notated, at least this version came from the 1922 ABC of Mixing Cocktails by uh, Harry McCorn. Uh, by way of, uh, there's a speakeasy in uh, New York called PDT, which stands for Please Don't Tell. This is also in their book. And uh, it's, it's a classic gimlet. The reason why I chose a gimlet is because uh, the gimlet is supposedly named after um, a, a British Royal Navy surgeon uh, named Sir Thomas Gimlet, who apparently liked to take his scurvy inhibitor with a lot of gin. So it was supposed to be a cure for uh, scurvy that he was required to take, so of course he added a lot of gin mm -hmm. to it. So it is uh, two ounces, and this is just a classic gimlet. There are lots of other variations and lots of recipes to play with, um, but I just kind of like the historical aspect of it, and I like the fact that it was associated with the doctor, and we're doing Doctor Strange right now. So, um, it is two ounces of uh, Plymouth gin. I'm sure any gin will work. Uh, uh, three quarters ounce of a lime cordial. Three quarters ounce of lime juice. And you shake it all together and uh, straight into a coupe glass and you garnish with a lime wheel. So, that is my cocktail. However, we had a professional. Um, I, I went to the cellar and was talking to Rich, who is the designer of all their cocktails. Um, Part of, I mean, Rich has a strong resume and those who are in the cocktail scene. I think a lot of them know who he is, but uh, have we ever talked about Tales of the Cocktail on the show before? Does anybody remember that? Mm. Uh, I was drunk okay. at the time. You're drunk at the time. So, essentially, <clears throat> we'll get into a little bit of, um, of uh, cocktail nerdydom, which is probably perfect for this show. Uh, the, the modern, or the, the sort of American cocktail scene sort of started in New Orleans. And so every year in New Orleans, they have a thing called Tales of the Cocktail. It's sort of like a Comic-Con for cocktail enthusiasts, bartenders, that kind of thing. And so they have competitions for bartenders or whatnot. And they have a competition that's not unlike uh, Iron Chef, where basically they have a table. There's a bunch of ingredients there. They lift it up. The bartenders have to grab the ingredients there, and they have to make it well. They give you a first place. They don't give a second place. Rich did not win. However, he kind of got second place because they're the, he's the only bartender that came up and talked to after the fact and said it was really, really close. So, but um, so, but Rich makes some of the most amazing fucking drinks ever. And so I started talking to him the other night uh, about, uh, you know, this comic book that we're doing and the show that we do here and said asked him if he'd want to create one. And I gave him the option of doing this or Batman and Doctor Strange spoke to him. So he tried to put together all sorts of alcohols and things like that that have been used as medicine at some point in time. So theoretically, this should be able to cure stuff. Also, I tasted it and it's fucking delicious. Like, it is so good. I can't tell you how wonderful this is. So if you can make it at home, I highly recommend it. However, there are two slightly strange things on it. So it is one ounce of Orgeat, which is O-R-G-E-A-T, because I had to ask how to spell that. Um, it, is a, it is a mixer. Uh, you can buy it at, if you're in California, like Total Wines. There's a company called Small Hand Foods that makes it. Uh, the seller uh, in Fullerton, where Rich uh, is 
uh, in charge. They actually make their own, um, which I'm sure you can probably find some recipes on how to make your own, but, uh, but that's one of the key ingredients. Then it's going to be a half ounce of Kubler absinthe, and that's one of the only other things that has to be uh, Kubler, which is K-U-B-L-E-R. Uh, it's a mostly blur, blue bottle with sort of like a vintage light blue label on it, um, but it has to be that because it won't taste what otherwise. Uh, then he used a half ounce of forged gin, but he says any standard gin will apply, and then a third uh, ounce of fresh lime juice, and he shook that all up, and uh, poured in a glass. It's a small little glass. He kind of wanted to make it look like a, an actual medicinal sort of thing. Um, I have photos. They will be on our Instagram and on our website, but it is amazing. Now for a cocktail from someone who actually knows what they are talking about. Oh, you fellas have nothing to worry about. I'm a professional. We are happy to welcome this week's guest bartender, Rich. From the Cellar Spirit Room in Fullerton, California. Your skills, after all, are legend. How many do you have? Just one. Come on, Doc. There's a fella that can't hold his liquor. This interview was recorded in front of a live, although drunk, bar audience. Okay, so, created the uh, elixir for us. What was like the thought process going into all that? Well, I really wanted to make it really applicable. So it's it's a medicine. It's supposed to heal, you know, not only um, Wong's illness, but it was meant to heal. It's discovered that it could be healed. It could heal all disease. So that's really substantial. And I really wanted to think about, you know, I think that there's uh, a natural cure for almost everything on this planet. So I thought about herbs and what. I could use to to construct that. Um, in addition to that, uh, gin as a liquor was one of the fundamental medicines that turned into liquor. So I used gin as a base, and then uh, paired it with absinthe, which has a plethora of herbs uh, macerated into it. And um, most of those things are m most of those things are. Um, you know, medicinal in in their form. So putting those two things together, I thought was really applicable. Um, and then just kind of balancing the rest of the drink out with a little bit of citrus, um, lime juice, and then uh, sweetening it with orgeat, which uh, is a orange blossom almond syrup, and that is got a good weight to it. And that weight really helps temper both the gin and the absinthe since they're both pretty powerful ingredients. Um, and you came up with this really visually pleasing, creamy, slightly green-hued um, uh, result. And it's tasty and, uh, you know, I think it fit the bill. So I saw you as you're building it, like you kind of have a bunch of different tasters. What were you trying to build off of that? Like you had like a couple different glasses up and you're trying a little bit of this, trying a little bit of that. Like how was that process to try to create something like that? Well, I was, I was definitely exploring all the avenues of herbal components, heavily herbal components, again, keeping with that medicinal theme. So uh, another ingredient I was playing with was green chartreuse, which has like 160 different herbs in it. And so I tried to balance that out. Didn't quite work. It was so powerful. I, I think that I wanted it to be soothing as well. Um, at the end result, and so that was just so powerful. I think that it wasn't uh, as universally palatable as I wanted it to be. Um, so just kind of playing with different combinations of spirits and the different proportions and all of that, and ended up coming out with uh, 
you know, what we ended up with. Which I think is absolutely delicious, actually. Awesome. Can you tell me, like, how you kind of got into the actual cocktail scene? Sure. I, uh, I kind of fell into it. So... I started at um, a little mom-and-pop restaurant which had a bustling bar and I got a job as a host just to get a job there, give my friends a, an employee discount. It was kind of the bar that everybody went to. So got a job there, I was like, hey guys, yeah, here's, here's my discount. Um, a couple months into it, bar manager runs up and really needed help in the bar, says, hey, I need you to come and help me, just I need hands. So okay, cool. So I jumped back in the bar and that was it. The, done, the deal was sealed. Um, and I, nine months later, took his job from host to bar manager, and that set the tone for the rest of my career now over a decade later. And just has, it's always been that kind of accelerating, growing, learning, really aggressive kind of thing. Um, and I've definitely now calmed down in, in my climbing and uh, assertiveness, um, finding you know a nice home here um, for the last almost four years. And um, I've been fortunate in everywhere that I've worked. I've, I've been able to um, learn from the best of the best around. I've been on the, the front leading edge of craft cocktails in Southern California just by where I've worked. Um, you know, right place, right time kind of scenario. And I've always been blessed to be in those places and just be able to literally walk into jobs that people just can't walk into. Um, and I've always, for whatever reason, been able to do that. Um, and so I'm very, very blessed uh, in doing that and I'm very happy with my experience. And now it's, for the last several years, I've focused on returning that favor and bringing people on board into programs that I'm now running that um, are like mind and that I can share the experiences that I've had with other people so that they can do the same with other people and you know the, it's spreading the culture mm -hmm. yeah. um, when you're off duty where do you drink or what do you drink I don't <laughs> um, I, uh, I have a, a large family uh, many kids at home and a wife that are always waiting for me and when I don't work I am at home being a father and a, and a husband and um, you know, my kids have never seen me consume a single drop of alcohol, um, and that's it's definitely intentional. Um, I have no reason to consume any alcohol at home or anything like that, and I don't really go out to drink um, unless I'm with my wife, is the only time I go out. And if I'm with my wife, um, we probably don't drink alcohol because she doesn't drink any alcohol, and I have no problem with that. So um, when I'm behind the bar is the only time that I really even taste alcohol. Uh, is there any ingredient you think is underused? Grapefruit juice. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that it, it's a simple ingredient. I could I could have named something really erroneous or mm -hmm. whatever, but grapefruit juice is a, is a um, common everyday ingredient that is super underutilized in cocktails all, all around. I think it has a unique flavor profile, it has unique floral attributes, it has a unique citrus profile that um, lends to be very versatile, yet isn't uh, explored as often as I think it should be. Is there something you want to promote, anything like that you want to pimp out at all? Do <laughs> uh, yeah, I give a quick shout out to the Cellar Restaurant in Fullerton, um, where, uh, where I'm residing, um, and it is 
you know, we, we focus on everything um, fresh and pure and clean and uh, give as much care into everything that we produce as I gave into creating this drink. And um, come check it out because you're not, it's hard to, hard to get a better drink anywhere else. I completely agree with that. Cool, thank you so much. Yeah, you got it. So what Rich asked that I kind of pimp the bar a little bit is a payment for him making up this drink for us. And I'm happy to do so because I love this bar, but I'm also a little bit heartbroken to do this because this is like my go-to bar that I go hang out at and it's a nice little kept secret. So, so the cellar bar is actually, it's in downtown Fullerton, but it's downstairs. You have to kind of know where it is to find it. There's a uh, restaurant upstairs called Del, uh, Del Sol, I think is what it's called. Um, and so downstairs in the basement is uh, the cellar. It is a fancy as fuck French restaurant. I had my one year anniversary uh, this week. We went there and they, because of course uh, Jess, uh, mainly Jess, is very on very good terms with all of them. Um, they ended up setting us up with what they call their Elizabeth Taylor uh, booth, which is they have like a little area in the back called the Grotto. And uh, in this area, this booth is where Elizabeth Taylor got engaged to, um, oh, what was the husband she was married to like multiple Richard times? Burton. Richard Burton. Yeah, she got engaged to Richard Burton for the second time in this booth. Uh, and so, but the bartenders, it's, uh, and and this place ultimately is kind of the spirit animal of this show because it is a place where like, as much as we are nerds about comic books and lots of a variety of other things as you've heard on the show, these guys are like alcohol nerds and know their shit and uh, do great stuff. So they have, um, uh, that's also, uh, they have a, a thing they do every week. They have a menu that Rich creates. They also have what they call off the cuff which is they create a new drink every night uh, for people to experiment and try and that kind of stuff. And they, they're also really great. Like, if you bring something into them, they will try to figure something out. Like, they will make stuff up. Um, Jess took in a box of, like, herbal tea and had them figure out how to make it into a drink, um, which they did, and it was amazing. Like, it tasted like you would imagine fall to taste like it was fantastic she's taken in candles and said i would like a drink that tastes like this smells and they figure out ways to do it so they are mad scientists brilliant at their work um hopefully uh next week we're gonna have a cocktail from another bartender there um uh named monica who is very good friends with my wife jess and is also an awesome bartender but uh rich i have the most up like utmost respect for as far as bartenders go i every bartender ever meet i compare to rich the dude's a nice dude really good at his craft, really passionate about cocktails and making the best drink possible and using the best ingredients possible. But he's also one of those guys who um, doesn't really buy into the hype. If if something's overpriced and he thinks it's bullshit, he'll tell you. If something's delicious and cheap, he will tell you. Like, he, you know, he doesn't care. Uh, like, what he stocks in his bar is the best quality ingredients possible, and uh, he definitely strives to make some of the best po- possible stuff. And if you get him talking, he'll tell you stories. He'll, he knows the the backstories behind drinks, um, all sorts of stuff. Kind of like that whole Gimlet thing about how um, it was named after Broy- British Royal Navy Surgeon General. Like, that whole thing, like, he can tell you all sorts of stuff about stuff. So, like, if you go to... Uh, he doesn't work on Wednesdays, by the way. So, but uh, if you go there, ask for Rich. Tell him you listen to the show. Um, all the bartenders there are amazing. Monica's great. There's another guy who's really good as well. Um, there's several of them, but it's hard to find a bad cocktail there. I will say this as preface because I've made this mistake in the past. Theoretically, if you're listening to the show and you've been listening to the show for a while, you're at least a little bit into cocktails. I have made the mistake of taking people to some of these speakeasies in that kind of bars we go to. Um, our friend Jimmy Martin, unfortunately, I love him, but he falls in this category a little bit. 
Jimmy is just looking to get drunk, and I love Jimmy, but if you take him to a high-end cocktail bar, he's just wasting his money because all he wants to do is drink out of a bottle of vodka. And if you take him somewhere where they're going to mix the drink and make something really good, that's not necessarily his Hey, day. I resemble that remark. I get that. I also understand you can probably appreciate a well-made cocktail as well. Oh, I, I also do love yeah. a good cocktail. But right now, raise <laughs> yes, but so, But, like, I love Jimmy, but I've taken him to a couple of these places, and it was like... Dude, like he he just wants to get fucked up, and that's great. That's your thing. <laughs> Don't waste you know his time or his money on you know thirteen dollar well made cocktails because he doesn't care. So if you're gonna take someone to a place like this, I just recommend knowing your audience. So if you're in like the way I I, I kind of explain it is some people like sometimes McDonald's is fine and that's great, but sometimes you want to go out for a special meal. If you want to go out and have a special well made cocktail by some of the best people ever making cocktails and for you. This is one of the places to do it at, um, and that's the kind of place I'm into, and that I guess kind of makes me a snob, but I I'm okay with that because I don't drink that much, so when I do drink, I want it to be fucking good. So that's my two cents on that, um, and uh, that's my pitch for the cellar. But it is an awesome place; they've treated us very well over the years, and uh, damn good people, damn good at their job. So with that tangent aside, uh, do you want to kind of get into reviews of this gig? And you know, like, like I said, this is the, my first time ever getting into Doctor Strange. It was a really enjoyable story. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Like Hugh mentioned, it's a fast read, so if you need something to kind of bide some time and you want to get introduced to this character, you can do that. In the long run, though, I, I just don't feel that invested in it. Like, I, don't, I, I don't have a drive to go out and look for more Doctor Strange. I know that's... Mm-hmm. It, it's not like a... It's not a condemnation of the story, which is well told. Um, I don't know. I, just, I guess I just... Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> there it is. There it is. It's officially a podcast. <laughs> I'm I don't know. I just I didn't get the urge to want to go explore more. Um, he's an interesting enough character, but... I don't know. Like, I'm really excited to see the movie because it looks like it's they're doing some things that Marvel's never done before with a comic book movie, but... I don't know. I, I would give the, the, this story a high mark, but for the character itself, I, I still don't care. Nobody cares. Okay. Nobody <laughs> cares. So, Q, I am very curious as to what your opinion on this well, is. So, I, I kind of said it before. Like, it was fun. I don't feel like this was the Doctor Strange that I know, which is fine, because also this this has come into comics when I've actually kind of stopped reading comic books. So, like, th- like this was going on as I was, like, sort of uh, like waning down on because pretty much after I don't know 2000 I really only read X-Men comic books I mean I, mm-hmm. I still kept up with you know what was going on and you know the rest of the the you know universes mm-hmm. and all that stuff but um, so you know I kind of was like you know whatever so my only reference to Doctor Strange is those older books because e- even in like even the more recent stuff which is like and I say X-Men, I still consider, like, Scarlet Witch, like, X-Men related, because she is a mutant. I don't care what you say, Marvel Universe. She's a mutant. <laughs> she is Magneto's daughter. She is the intersection of the Venn Yes, you, you cannot tell me otherwise. I don't care what your lawyers say. Um, <laughs> but, uh... The so so that's why I know him from um, like House of M stuff because that was tight, like also like an X Men crossover book. Um, so like that's all I really know. So like this just felt. Uh, I I just feel like there there's like a shift in comic books to make them more funny, 
and that's not it's not really a bad thing um especially like the the sort of um like the more mainstream marvel and dc books like it's like they want them to be, have like this like yuck 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 elbows to the ribs kind of a thing and I, you know, I kind of talked about that in, um, you know, when we did Hawkeye, and um, even in some of the the X Men books, like, I, like I get it, you know, you don't want the whole thing to be like super serious or anything. But I, I just, I guess, I felt that Doctor Strange was a much more serious character, especially seeing like the flashbacks in this, and he was such an asshole. Like, I can't like think of him now just being like, haha, Watson, you know, just, mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't see him as like super chummy. But, you know, okay, whatever. I, I, it was a quick read. It was fun. It gave you a little taste of, of you know, Doctor Strange and where, I guess, this ongoing series was going, um, which, is, which is good. It was, it's a good starting off point. I think if people were, who were interested in the movie, like we were, decided to read a Doctor Strange book, I would recommend this to them. Be like, oh, you know, this is a fun mm-hmm. Doctor Strange book. I, you know, it's, it's not too deep. It's kind of fun. So I would recommend it to other people. But like Adam, I wouldn't continue reading this book. Um, I, I, I feel like this, this gives me enough of a little idea of him that I'm like, okay, so when he shows up in a comic book, I know who this is. Like, it, it, like uh-huh. um, you know, if we read another book, so if I was a brand new reader, you, so kind of like when you guys read Teen Titans, like, I had a background in that, so I knew who some of the people were. But for you guys, you're like, I don't know mm-hmm. who the fuck this is. Where for me, I'm like, I'm like, ooh, you know, this person's in this. Like, how, you know, cool. And um, so I think if you know, they didn't know who anybody was, and you gave them this book, and so they get an idea, and then he showed up in, like, another tangent comic that they had no, you know, and he was there, they're like, okay, I know who this is. I think that's, that's about it. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I will, I will say this. Um, <laughs> I understand what you mean by the, the jokiness of it. I kind of liked that, mainly because I think... You also like Deadpool. <laughs> I do, and that's fine. Well, that's a different issue. Um, now, my, my, this is my thing, is... Based on what I knew just sort of tangentially of Doctor Strange, I was a little afraid he would be so uptight, stuffy, and boring that it'd be almost like Thor to a certain extent, where it's like Versuth and like all this like really kind of heady sort of Dungeons and Dragonsy kind of stuff, if that makes Does sense. Your mother know you worst her drapes? <laughs> yeah, shit like that, right? Right. So I was I was a little concerned about that. So the fact that it had sort of the sense of humor at least put me at ease as a reader and so I appreciate it so which I think also kind of helps it as a jumping off point for people who aren't necessarily terribly familiar with comics I think that humor helps it a little bit and I also just in general in life I always have more respect for people who don't take themselves too overly too seriously I deal with enough divas who think that they're you know the cat's pajamas that I just how dare you I'm not talking about you I'm not talking about you but, I mean, you and I both know, like, there are those people who think oh, that they're yeah. fucking awesome, and you're like, dude, get over yourself. So anybody yeah. who can joke about themselves, I appreciate. So for me, that was a very endearing quality to the character. Um, I also really love Brian K. Vaughn. I, I'm, he's one of the writers I probably will, if I see his name on it, I'll probably just pick it up and read it anyway. Mm-hmm. So, and I think this is, it, it's not his best work, but I think it's it's a good marquee of, of his work. Um but I, I also enjoyed it. I also thought the art was kind of fun. You know what I mean? It, oh, the, yeah, the art is super cute. The art is not mind-blowing. It's not super whatever. But it's fun. It's adequate. It does the job. It's, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of like right in the, the pocket of, uh, you know, it works for the story. Um, so overall, I really like the book. I, this is the second time, because I, I recommended this book originally. Uh, partially because what I did is I did similar to, I'm sure, what a few people will be doing in the near future is I walked to a comic book store, you know, 
couple months ago and said, hey, there's a there's a Doctor Strange movie coming out. Do you have a book you recommend? And they that comic book store recommended this to me. Um, uh, our friend Jeremiah also recommended this book to me when I asked him the same question. Um, and so I think it is. I think it's a great jumping off point without getting to like. Well, you have to read all these back issues of all this stuff. This is a good place to sort of you know get five issues into your system. It's a quick, easy read. You kind of get oh okay, this is what Doctor Strange is all about, and move on. And I think it's well done. So I and having read it and then read it again near in the semi near future like. It holds up over a course of a couple months. Whether or not this book will be meaningful, you know, ten years down the line, that's a totally different thing. It, it probably will be relatively forgettable, but it is fun and interesting. So uh, that is my review. Todd, what are your thoughts? Um, a lot like you, Brian. I absolutely love Brian K. Vaughn, and I was on Amazon looking through different things when this popped up, and I'm like, oh, Vaughn wrote a Doctor Strange story. Maybe I will read this instead. Mm-hmm. And he's really good at what he does, but to me this very much felt like a uh, I need a paid gig for something. And he, he was tossed <laughs> okay. the assignment, hey, go write a Doctor Strange story. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. And he's good and he does a very solid job with it. And at the same time, and he does have some fun and playfulness with it. And it is it does seem like here I'm writing a Doctor Strange, let me do my take on it. And it is fun, it's a bit lighthearted. It references Sherlock Holmes, and it's kind of a yeah. trying to figure out what is this Doctor Strange character. And yeah. You know, for people that don't know Doctor Strange, it was kind of I felt I was on a similar journey he was. Now I could be totally off base here on my assessment here, which I probably am, but that's what it felt like to me. Um, the art was fine and perfunctionary to me. I mean, mm-hmm. it did its job and is doing its thing, and it felt a little bit Green Hornet. It reminded me of the Green Hornet in a number of places. It's because uh, there was the, an the, Asian sidekick, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, I think that might be part of it, but I mean, yeah. everything from the thief to Hitler's gun to everything else, and by the way, Hitler's gun, it is a, I looked up what Hitler's gun was, and it is that thing. Not the one... Oh, that's what... So it's not... That's the actual gun that he used. Well, uh, or that he would carry in the style of the times. It's not the one that he killed himself with, but it is, um, like, the gun out of his guard type of a deal. Oh, so, interesting. Oh, way to go, artist on that. Way to go, Martin. So, um, I enjoyed it. It was a one-and-done thing, and I mm-hmm. really agree with that. So, But it, um, what was nice, it was also complete. Yeah. And what was really done well in the storytelling is you got a sense of who the character was. I really like Night Nurse. I want to learn more yeah. about Night Nurse. She seems to be a great character that I'm not very familiar with, and the idea of... Oh, superheroes get hurt, and they need help sometimes, and you have this night nurse, and I'm like, oh, the stories she could tell. And yeah. I want to read more night nurse stories than I do Doctor Strange. So, so, and speaking of, uh, that, the opening scene of Aranya and Iron Fist both sitting in there being like, so, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. what you in for? Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind yeah. of fun. And, and I want to say that Night Nurse for a while did ha- did have a series, and much like sort of like those Wrecking Crew um, shows and um, comic books, where it's like you know the collateral damage kind of of superhero battles. Yeah, it just right. did, I just didn't have enough appeal for the regular comic reader. I can see that, but I was really I was more intrigued with Night Nurse and how she's had such exposure to so many of the superheroes. She didn't give a crap. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, it's Doctor Strange, it's Aranya, it's this person. And she's like, you all bleed. I'm here to yeah. help. Yeah. 
So I really enjoyed that in that regard. But yeah, go Vaughn, but it very much felt like you have this assignment. All right, here I go. Well, and it could be one of those things where it's like, okay, so you do this book for us, and then we'll publish this other book for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You know? And it could be a quid no. pro quo. And yeah, I mean, it was good. It was solid. You could tell there was a lot of Vaughnisms in there. But yeah, it was fine. So, I mean, okay. it's, a, it's a good book, and if people want to read Doctor Strange, I hardly recommend it, but I'm not sure I would recommend it if they want to read Vaughn, would be my okay. take. No, that, that's, a, that's a valid point. Uh, who has recommendations on the ready? Since I'd normally throw it to someone, they go, oh, shit. So, um, I've got one since I was talking, keep going. Um, I just got it in the mail. I read it today. It's called Black Road by Brian Wood. Uh, okay. He also did... Um, one of Q's favorite books of all time, the DMZ. DMZ? Yeah. After <laughs> <laughs> reading the pro, it definitely got a pump up. <laughs> so, um, in a lot of idea, it's it takes place in about 1000 AD, and you've got pagans and Christians fighting each other out, and you've got this badass character that doesn't seem to want to go down. So it's gritty and bloody, and everyone's just bad to each other. I really, it's really pretty good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So there's my recommendation. Okay. Um, so I, uh, I actually, the funny thing is, I'd listened to the 30 Days of Night, and this happened. Uh, this, so this will be a little out of date because we're recording this a little bit early, but I got um, my uh, October Comics Bento box, uh, you know, a couple days ago. So I have the list of comics that was in that. Um, I have not read any of them yet. Um, and frankly, only a handful of them uh, interest me. But uh, the this week's, or this week, this month's, uh, was as seen on TV. Uh, so it's all TV comic books, as I guessed from that title. Uh, so it is The Blacklist. So it's actually like the first in a, a trade paperback series or a comic book series of The Blacklist. There is, for those of you who want to kick it old school in the 80s, there is the Garbage Pail Kids comic book. Uh, and uh, and then there is uh, the Agents of, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s uh, Coulson's Protocol, which is uh, obviously an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. book uh, based on the TV show. And then there is the first book of the new uh, Rick and Morty comic book series. Um, so I have not read any of those yet. Um, and I'll be honest with you, my mom has recommended the Blacklist TV show to me. I have not seen it at all. So, uh, yeah, anyway. Did I, did I hear you groan when you heard... Uh, Garbage Pail Kids. Q. No, that wasn't me. I didn't do that. Uh, that was me. I thought I heard oh bro. Uh, oh, was it you? <laughs> I didn't do that. Uh, that was one of those things where, like, I think I kind of always had a fascination with Garbage Pail Kids because I had friends or neighbors who had Garbage Pail Kids, but I ne was never allowed to have them, so there was there was that. I, I'm very curious. I'll, I'll read some of these books and let you know about it. But yeah, unfortunately, I've I've actually just been very very busy this last little while and haven't gotten to read as much as I would like to. Um, so hopefully in the near future I'll have some more reading done and have some better stuff to recommend. Q, do you have any recommendations? So I, 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 I don't have anything that I've read because obviously I've been way too freaking busy. However, uh -huh. I'm just gonna throw a shout out to freaking Amazon.com. <laughs> like I, okay. I, I, like obviously they don't really need a recommendation, but yeah. I have been ordering so much nonsense with all of the costumes <laughs> going on, and yeah. it's been like Christmas every day. Like, just opening yeah. up all of the things and bow ties and tights and beautiful things and shoe dye and just all of this wonderful yeah. stuff. And um, I had an issue where they literally sent me the wrong dress. And I was like, are you fucking uh -huh. kidding me? What's wrong? 
And I, I literally, within 24 hours, I had the correct dress sent to me and my money given back. So, like... That's awesome. I... Thank, thank you, Amazon. I mean, not that they really need, like, the extra boost in business. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I, I've just been very happy with my interactions with them. That reminds me, because I just realized I told you that I had a, a musical theater recommendation yes, for yes. you. Yes, yes. Um, so, uh, Beautiful, the oh, uh, so King musical. So good. Okay, so, so I hadn't <laughs> seen it on Broadway, obviously. It is currently on tour, and so it is playing here at, uh, it used to be called, um... Oc pack or something like that, but it's now called Secret Shimmer or something like that. So anyway, so I saw it the other day on tour. I will say, and I think I told Adam the same thing. I was texting him after the show. I liked about eighty percent of it. Um, I thought the opening was good. I thought the end of the first act was good. I thought all the second act was good. My issue was this: is in about the middle of the first act, there's a sequence where they show them writing songs, and then they show the artist performing the songs where it's really kind of screaming just to be sort of like a medley of all these great songs. They do large portions of the song, which have a tendency, like, you do one or two and it's okay, but it drags out to a point where I'm like, seriously now? So like, that was my only beef with it. Other than that, it was good. And I, I we bought season tickets to the theater company. Um, I don't think I would have chosen to go see the show otherwise, but I was actually very pleasantly surprised. I actually really liked it. Um, and the girl playing, um, uh, uh, why am I blanking? Carol King was amazing, uh, but yeah. So what? What, what was it? Still, um, the other, the other Mueller sister. The other Mueller sister. I, I know my program's in the other room, but I because um, because J- Jesse Mueller was the original on Broadway, and then her sister took over the role for the tour. Okay. I, I, I just wasn't aware if it was still the same. Here, talk amongst yourselves. I'll go check my <laughs> program real fast. Okay. Um, no, it is not. It's a uh, Julie Kintel or Julia Kintel. Oh. Okay. So, but she was very I'm, good. I'm sure she's just as good. She was, she was great in that role. Um, the funny thing is, there's a girl in here. Apparently, I used to work with, but I didn't recognize her. Um, but that's a totally different story. Because I had mentioned that, and someone says, "Oh yeah, didn't you know so and so used to work at you know wherever I work now?" But uh, I missed that. But yes, I was pleasantly surprised by it. So, Todd and Adam, I hope I think you guys will probably enjoy it when it comes to town. All right. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I. I wouldn't have gone to see it without season tickets. I'm happy I saw it. I actually quite enjoyed it. So, there you go. Adam, I think you're the only one left for the uh, for the recommendations. Um, it, it mine's two things. One, uh, I haven't had a chance to read much because work's been busy. But, and this comes out weeks from now. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Eddie's been clamoring for the, the Power Rangers trailer for uh-huh. like a year now. And it was really, really funny because I told him, like, you do realize that the PRFs I know will send it to me first, and I get to see it first, right? He's like, fuck you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, sure enough, at 7 o'clock this morning, I'm, I'm at work and slaving away, and all of a sudden, what do I get? Oh, the trailer. And uh, I've watched it about 10 times now because it's fucking good. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's... It is, I love it. <laughs> they're really going with... So, I didn't know this, but the guy who directed it, he also did... Um, oh, the, 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 the one where they, where they find the superpowers in the... In like, Underground Chronicle. Well, no, Josh, Josh trained to that. So this, the guy who directed directed Power Rangers did uh, Project Almanac, which was like the the high school time travel movie, which actually was good. Oh, okay, that one. Um, okay. Yeah, and it, it's got that feel. Uh, so he knows how to kind of re- react to the audience. It feels a lot like Chronicle, which is the Josh Trank. We got superpowers thing, and it's cool because they're really going the almost like the Marvel route, where they're making them superheroes and not so much. Yeah, they get these coins, they give them powers, but. They find the coin, all of a sudden, like, Spider-Man the next day, they wake up, and they're buff, and, like, they know they can jump far and stuff. But it looks really cool. looks like a lot of fun, and I I was 
really surprised because I didn't think this was going to be something that I'd be as much as I love Power Rangers as a kid I didn't think I'd be interested in it this much as an adult so that's coming out which looks cool and then my other recommendation uh, which I think by this time it should be available to the general public um, Hedvig and the Angry Inch is coming to up here to Salt Lake for a, mm-hmm. for a four day run uh, the four days leading up to Christmas so I actually have something I actually have a reason to look forward to Christmas now um, and the, uh-huh. we don't know who's going to be on the tour but it is the Broadway tour uh, we don't know who's going to be Hedvig yeah. But we ended up getting off. We I I got them literally the moment they popped out. I got an email like, "Hey, you're season ticket holders. Buy these tickets." Front row seats for like sixty bucks. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. I, I I sat in the second row for Darren Chris. Oh, he's and, oh, nice. And he's oh, doing it in San God. Francisco right now. He, yeah. Yes, yeah. he spit on me, and it was amazing. And I sat probably about six or seven rows back for um, Dexter. Why am I blanking? Michael, yeah. Michael C. Hall. Yeah, just I saw when we were in New York, so, and, and he so was amazing. I'm really hoping as well. that either Eddie and I will either get the car wash or the kiss, so we'll let you know. <laughs> so, but wait, you, you, you guys haven't? <laughs> yes. you, they haven't announced who's doing Hedwig or Ethan. No, they're not announcing where he is in all no. uh, cities. It's oh, kind of like a celebrity fun. surprise kind of thing. So yeah, we never know who we get. Yeah, I know so, Lena Hall will be taking the role for the first time ever to have. Yeah, Lena Hall's touring with it, so she's revising her uh, Tony Award-winning role. Because um, she but, left the Broadway yeah, production she, for a little while. She's actually going to uh, be like Hedwig, and I believe it's tonight. Which is the first time that's uh, ever happened. No, it's not. It's the second. No, no. Of a few yes, Ali Sheedy was the first. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I read the wrong story. <laughs> but anyways, um, it's a really, really fun show. If you don't like, even for people who don't like musicals, this is a great one to go to because it's like you're walk, watching a rock yeah, concert. No, it's a rock concert so. stand-up comedy routine. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Actually, and I was telling Jess a story of, uh, so uh, there's a great song in that show called uh, Origin of Love that I actually put into the bows for a show that I knew Q was going to see, and Q once referred to that as his closest to being uh, serenaded from the stage because I did a sound design and yes, I put that song in it. I remember awesome. that. It was yeah. awesome. I, I also sang, sang that song in my senior project nice. in college. Yeah, it's... so. One of my favorite musicals of all time, actually. I love that show. Yeah, it's fantastic. It should be available for the public to buy. Um, and if you're really nice to me, I can use my secret uh, season ticket holders to get you uh, powers to get you discount nice. tickets. So, Very cool. That's okay. it. So uh, next week, we are going to be doing Batman The Long Halloween, which had Halloween in the title, and I hadn't read it in a while, and I thought, oh, this is all Halloween themed. Not entirely. It's uh, all holiday themes, but it's actually, uh, it's fun. So basically, there is a killer who is going around uh, killing uh, different uh, people on every holiday of the year, and it's up to Batman and Commissioner Gordon and uh, Harvey Dent to try to hunt them down. There are lots of things in here that are very similar to what you will eventually find in the second of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, which is, why am I blanking, Dark Knight? Dark Dark Knight. Also very similar to Hush. Yes, there are, there are a few yes. similarities as well. Um, but uh, so, but it also is uh, one of the books in the collaborations between uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. I think they did three books together, if I remember correctly. There's uh, Haunted Night, Long Halloween, and... Uh, There's Dark Victory, and also a Catwoman Win in Rome. Oh, see, okay. So Catwoman Win in Rome is the only one of those I haven't read. But they've, yeah. uh, they've done a bunch of Batman stuff together. I typically like all their stuff. Um, so yeah, so we will do that next week. So unless anybody else has some uh, final closing arguments, I think that will do it for this week. That's all. Nope, that's it. Mm-hmm. Going once, going twice. Sold. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys all next week. Woo! <laughs>
happen. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.